Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten. You are now tuned to the sounds of MaximumFM.ca. It is your man, DM Cool. And welcome to Cool Radio. What we doing? You can catch me on your TV. Even on the radio. Pop up in a box box. And I'm on your way. Go. We in beating airwaves. Cool. Repping with airwaves. Why them haters mad? Ain't no stopping us. Ain't no topping us. They be watching us. We so prosperous. Ain't no stopping us. Ain't no topping us. They be watching us. We so prosperous. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better come. Indeed, indeed. Tell a friend to tell a friend that we're live on the airways right now because, <clears throat> pardon me, I'm so excited I came to get it out. We have a live show to get to tonight. Uh, once again, I got my man Jay Good in the building. Uh, we are going to talk about his recently released album entitled Clearview. Also, performance that he did, that, which earned him second place in the competition. We're going to get to all that a whole bunch more. We got to talk about... Method Man, we got to talk about Nicki Minaj, we got to talk about Lil' Kim, they have made the headlines this week, so we're going to talk. We're going to be talking about that, all that, and more, but before I get to that, y'all know I got some stuff to get off my chest, and I ain't talking about this burp on this coffee either. Ladies and gentlemen, I think it's time to uh, let that ish breathe. Let this bitch breathe. So, if you are like me... You know, an avid fan of hip-hop, an avid fan of movies and cinema, pop culture, and that portion of cinema just so happens to be catered to comic book films, that you are just as geeked as I am when the new trailer, the official trailer, the official first trailer for Black Panther came out this past Monday. So as of this recording, as of this broadcast, it is Friday, so the trailer's been out for about, what, four days now, give or take? Um, And first and foremost... Holy shit, that trailer was insane. One of the best trailers I've seen in a long time. I thought the first official trailer for Captain America Civil War was dope, but this right here was crazy. <clears throat> and even that trailer, the uh, the teaser trailer that was released way back in June, I, th- I even thought that was dope. This was sick because now we actually had a lot more dialogue being exchanged um, within this trailer, and also the music was perfect. Um, you had the the song uh, "Bag Back" by Vince Staples, and there was some interpolation of "The Revolution Will Not Be Televised" by Gil Scott Heron, which is absolutely dope. That was made just for the trailer, and I think they incorporated it very well. <clears throat> now, what I want to talk about is not how dope the trailer is, because we all know that we've had four or five days to digest that. Now, um, I want to talk about why this movie is so important to cinema, okay? Um, I want to talk about what it means to black people specifically. I'm sure there are going to be people outside the black community who are going to be excited for it because it's an action movie, it's a comic book movie like they've never seen before, and that alone has them excited, which I'm very happy for. That's cool. But I want people to know why this means so much to the black community. I'm going to break it down like this. I'm going to break it down like this because there's so much I want to attack. But I'll I'll start off with the basics. Now, as far as superhero comic book films go, we've seen your Batmans, your Supermans, your Spidermans so many times throughout the course of, like, cinematic history, basically. We've had, like, what, five or six Superman movies, like, six Batman films. What, we're on our fifth Spider-Man movie right now? Like, I think we're kind of 
exhausted of the rewrite after rewrite or the recreation after recreation. Now, in some cases, like the Dark Knight trilogy, it's been amazing. But again, we want to see some new characters. We want to see them fleshed out and drawn out. We want to see something that we've never really seen before. And I think this is where Black Panther really comes into play. Now, as far as black superheroes go, we haven't really had any black superheroes to write home about when it comes to the box office. I mean, well... I'll get to that in a second. So, first and foremost, you had Meteor Man, which is basically a parody of a superhero who just happened to be black. So, it was more satirical than anything. So, you can't really count that. And then you had Steel from Shaquille O'Neal back in 1997, which was a dud. And he just looked like a straight-up clown in that outfit that he was in. Like, I, I love me some Shaq Diesel, but he was kind of Shaq to the fool in that film. So, that's definitely a hard pass. And then you had Spawn who really wasn't a superhero. He was more of an anti-hero. He was basically a much more raw version of Deadpool, if you can even, even believe that there's anything more raw than him. Because with him, he was basically a mercenary for the devil. So that's not something that you want your kids to aspire to. And it was more for an adult audience on top of that. Plus the CG in it, it was just way ahead of its time. Like It, it wasn't meant to be released in 97. Had it been released right now, different story. But again, different story on its own. But then... In 1998, you had Blade. Now, Blade was a good stepping stone because Blade was the first Marvel property to released to be released as a motion picture. And this took place when Marvel was uh, filing for bankruptcy. So they took a whole bunch of their rights and sold it off to different movie studios to try and recoup their assets. And lo and behold, it did. And now we have Marvel, Marvel Studios. Uh, but yeah, Mar uh, Blade was a good first start. And... It just killed the box office because it was a character that the mainstream wasn't really familiar with. I was only familiar with Blade because he was in a couple of episodes of that Spider-Man cartoon that ran in the mid-90s. That was the only way how I was familiar with him. Also, it was a perfect storm of uh, the, the times that they were in back in the late 90s. A lot of people were into the dark gothic stuff. Uh, vampires were, were the thing back then with Blade, and then also uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer from Dusk Till Dawn came out a couple years prior to that. So everyone was kind of cashing in on that wave that was happening. Even The Undertaker was sort of a pop culture figure around that period of time as well. So I think it was a perfect storm of all that combined. But then after Blade, we didn't really get a whole lot as far as a lead role is concerned. Sure, we had Storm. Uh, or sorry, we had Halle Berry play the character of Storm in the X-Men, but it was more of a side character. And if you even notice, the Storm character was very toned down, very toned down in comparison to the comics and even the cartoon series that ran in the, the mid-90s. And then, speaking of Halle Berry, you had the, the, the Catwoman movie, which was, it was kind of a bomb. I mean, let's call a spade a spade. It was a bomb bomb movie. I mean that in a bad way. It did not do well, but I don't blame Halle because she wasn't really given much to work with. So that got scrapped. And then you also had, what else did you have? I think as far as lead roles go in superhero films, that was it. That was, I think that may have been the last one because after that, you had black actors playing sidekick roles. So you had Anthony Mackie playing uh, uh, the Falcon in the Captain America series. You had uh, Don Cheadle play War Machine in the Iron Man series. That's really about it as far as movies go. And then if we're talking TV shows, <clears throat> you didn't really have a whole lot either, minus the, the Blade series that ran on Spike TV back in 2006, but I was only cut to one season. So what I'm trying to say is we, we as black people, we haven't had a lot to aspire to when it comes to seeing ourselves on the big screen 
as a prominent figure in in the superhero genre, which is why this movie is so important for it to come out. On top of that, never mind superhero movies for a second. As far as a movie that has a majority black ensemble cast, you are now seeing somebody or seeing a movie rather that has more than your typical or your stereotypical cliches of a black film. So first and foremost, it's not some Tyler Perry menstrual show where you have somebody, you know, dressed up as a bootleg Mrs. Doubtfire, and then on the side of it, yeah, people talk about infidelity and 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 all sorts of blasphemy and stuff like that in the mix, mixing God and preaching religion to the masses as well. You don't have that in here. On top of that, you also don't have your stereotypical hood drama where, you know, somebody gets shot in the hood and, you know, now the gang members have to, you know, get revenge on what happened to Tuki and all that. Like, you don't have that. You don't have the urban drama. You don't have your slapstick, you know, bootleg comedy from Medea. You don't have any of that. You don't, and most importantly, and I almost forgot this. I don't know how I did. You don't have a movie, you know, basically showing off the plight of black people from past centuries. Like, it's not another slave movie where we're in shackles and chains and being whipped on our backs and having us being separated by skin tone between house Negroes and field Negroes. You don't have any of that in Black Panther. So this is why it's so important that a movie like this is coming out. Because should this movie do well, then it's going to inspire other directors and film studios to make movies about, you know, the prominence of black people and how they can actually live in civilization without any, you know, type of stereotypical, you know, cloud being casted over their heads, basically. So I think it's so imperative and important that this movie is coming out to display those themes of black people in a very prominent position. Now, of course, there are going to be some white people that are uncomfortable with that. And if that's the case, then don't watch the movie and don't even try and tell me that it's racist or it's counterproductive or it's reverse racism. Just don't watch the movie if you're not comfortable with seeing yourself as a minority. Newsflash, we've been doing it for plenty of years. <laughs> try it one day. Just try it for one day. <clears throat> but above all else, I think that's the important thing that people really need to keep in mind of, that this movie could spark a change within Hollywood. Even before this movie, you look at a movie like Creed, where Creed had a mostly black ensemble as well. And basically, that was they kind of played off of the strength of of the Rocky series, but at the same time, it was so stellar of a movie that it created its own identity outside of the Rocky series. A lot of people said it was the best Rocky film since Rocky II. So that says a lot, basically, as a film, you know, coming out of such a great series as that. And even though Black Panther is part of the Marvel Universe where it is derived from other films, it doesn't have a direct correlation to all the other Marvel films. This is basically its own film within the Marvel Universe. It may have a, a certain tie to Captain America Civil War, but that's only because the character of, of T'Challa, or Black Panther, was introduced into the universe with that film. But this film, by the looks of it, is going to have its own presence, basically. And that's all you could ever ask for. And it doesn't look as though there's going to be some sort of white savior complex happening or whatever i think the black parent the character i would at least hope so is going to take care of business on his own home front and not have to depend or rely on the great white savior so to speak to help save the day so that's something that i'm really excited for and i'm just i'm just enamored with the fact that they were able to draw from actual african influences and infuse it with uh, their brand of fiction and just create a land of opulence and prominence as well. So 
that's going to be very rewarding to see, especially for me being of immediate African descent by way of Ghana and Nigeria. And even just watching the trailer, just seeing some of the um, – some of the, the the fashion that they were donning in the in the trailer, I saw some of the garbs and the fabrics that they were using, and it, it, it rang a bell basically. So I'm very happy that they had that authenticity laced within the film, and that's all I could ever ask for as a moviegoer, especially if I want to see somebody that looks like me, and more importantly, the kids as well. They're gonna look at a hero in that film and say, "Hey, that's someone that I aspire to be like." Because at, at the end of the day, kids have imaginations; they want their imaginations to run free. They don't want to have to think of themselves as oh i could be the black spider-man or the black batman or whatever no you could just be black panther he's already black <laughs> i mean the ironic thing is there might be a kid out there thinking to himself hey i want to be the white black panther so either way it gives it gives young children you know their own hero basically to look up to somebody that actually looks like them and he's not the only one we saw last year the type of reception that luke cage got and that was perfect and luke cage is going to do his thing on the smaller screen, which is good. You want to have people taking over different facets. You also have Black Lightning, uh, a DC product that's going to be uh, premiering soon if it hasn't already premiered already. And then you have another series by the name of Cloak and Dagger, which stars a black man and a white woman as well. So that character is going to get some prominent shine. And there's also a character uh, or, a film, or a series that's going to be debuting on Netflix. I can't remember the name of it, but it has to deal with a young boy who has superpowers, a black boy, of course, and then a mother as well. That co-stars Michael B. Jordan, and also it's, it's co-produced by him as well. So black people are on the up and up when it comes to the whole superhero realm, and I, and I, and I love it, and I love it, absolutely love it. I feel like there may have been some black kids growing up that may have been discouraged by the whole thing because most of them were white and everything, but we are in a new day and age, and I'm glad that, it's, it almost feels like Black Panther is kind of sparking that change, and I love it. So I'm excited for this movie. I can't wait till February. February is not that far away if you really think about it. Four months is going to be soft. It's going to come and go like it's nothing. Probably when January 1st hits, that's when I'm going to start, you know, jonesing, you know, foaming at the mouth for some more Black Panther. So I can't wait for it. I'm super excited, and I'm glad that people have, like, a figure or a beacon of hope to kind of look towards, and I'm really excited about that. Do you guys agree? Do you guys disagree? Hit me up in the comments section. Hit me up on Twitter. Let me know what your thoughts are about Black Panther and what this does to spark a change within black cinema. Coming up, we still got my man Jay Goody coming through to the studio. He's going to be discussing his latest project, which is entitled Clearview. And we got a whole bunch of other things to discuss. But before we get to that, man, we got to get to some music. I feel like listening to some Kendrick Lamar. So why not? Let's listen to some Humble right now. That's only on Cool Radio. Yeah. Yes, yes, yo. Welcome back to the show. Once again, it is your man, DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. In a little bit, we still got my man, Jay Good, coming through into the studio. We're going to be talking about the clear view, the response he's been getting from that, and all that and more. But before we get to that, man, I just kind of want to touch on back on the Black Panther topic real quick, man. Um, one of the reasons why... You know, I'm excited about this film. Like I already outlined the fact that it just shows black people in a different light other than what we've always been not even accustomed to seeing, but what we've just been forced to see all the time. I'm just glad that that aspect isn't going to be in the film going forward. Um, and then on top of that is just the fact that I think it's time for Hollywood to change up in that regard, man. I think if they actually realize how important it is for black people to see themselves in a different image other than what's always being force fed to them, then they're going to see that they can make a lot more money in the box office that way. And I feel as though with this movie in particular, I feel like they did a really good job of bringing the best 
you know, actors in the black community as far as the best current ones and also the best veteran ones as well. And even so, it's a very well-rounded cast if you look at, like, the, the nationalities and what have you. So, first of all, they kept it very authentically African, first and foremost, because, like, half the cast members are of immediate African descent. Secondly, you have some of your African-American actors like a Chadwick Boseman, like a Denai Guerrero, like uh, Angela Bassett and Forrest Whitaker. But then you have an, you have an actor from the U.K. like uh, Daniel Kaluuya, who uh, was in Get Out last year. And then also, I can't remember the name of the actress, but she played she plays the character Shuri, Black Panther's sister. She's also of British descent as well. And then you also have someone like Lupita Nyong'o, who is from Sierra Leone as well. So... I like the fact that they made it very authentic in that in that aspect. They didn't, they didn't just pull a roots and get like every single black actor they could find that's in America. Like they actually wanted it to be as authentic as possible. So that's something that like, I can really appreciate. And I feel like when it comes to Marvel movies in general, like within the Marvel Cinematic Universe specifically, they really hit the mark as far as uh, their directorial ship and like what. Uh, feeling or what path they want their directors to take. And from the sense of it all, it almost looks as though they want their directors to be very free with their art and basically just kind of submit what they have when it's all said and done. Kind of like how Kendrick Lamar is on Dr. Dre's label. He makes his own music, and then Dre's like, okay, cool, greenlit, let's put this out, whatever. I feel like Marvel does the same thing. Because you look at what um, what uh, Ryan Coogler did with the Black Panther film, as far as what you've seen in trailers, I mean... Would that have been greenlit by any other film studio? I don't know. I can't really say that. You look at what James James Gunn did with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 and 2. He made it so completely different from what we've seen in the Marvel Universe. Could he have been able to do that with another studio? We don't really know. Maybe people would have called him out for being like a bootleg Star Wars filmmaker, whatever the case may be. But either way, um, I think I just like the fact overall that they gave Marvel that creative freedom to kind of put out whatever they wanted. Sorry, I like the fact that Marvel gave uh, Ryan Coogler the, the creative freedom to put out whatever he wanted, and it looks like what he's going to be putting out is going to be nothing short of legendary, and I'm just hoping that as a fan and as an avid moviegoer. But nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, the main event has arrived in the studio. Uh, this man is no stranger to Cool Radio. He was here not too long ago, a few weeks ago at that, and uh, we were actually promoting an album that he had possibly coming out on the way. If I remember correctly, he was saying, depends on how the first single does, if a lot of people gravitate towards it, then he'll put it out sooner rather than later. And it looks like he did because the clear view is now available on iTunes and all your other uh, online retailers. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about my man Jay Good, and he's in the yes studio. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm back and full of flat. How you doing, bro? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, let's talk about the album, man. Like, I bumped it. It bangs in the whip. I love it. Um, I got to say, uh, My Time with Your Man Briz, I, that's probably my favorite track so far right now. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it might change, but, you know, right okay. now, that's that's what I'm rocking that's with. That's tune right now? That's my tune right now still. And then, <laughs> yeah, man, that's like, I feel like what you did with that album is you did a good job of bringing that New York sound that you've kind of become accustomed to yeah. and kind of mixed it w- with the current sound that's happening right now, exactly, basically. Yep. So that I like the I like the uh, the fact that you went over with that approach. You still kept it modern, but still kept it to yourself at the end of the yep, day as yep, well. So yep. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, speaking of which, man, let's talk about the album. Let's talk about the uh, reception they've got over the album, man. Talk about that. <laughs> I mean, the reception is beautiful, man. I can't mm-hmm. complain, man. Mad yeah. love. Everybody's showing me crazy love about the album. Everybody has their own personal favorite. Mm-hmm. I feel like um right now, the favorite might be um say what. Mm-hmm. I feel like that might be the one right now. I can Everybody understand likes that. that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a couple of people like came from nothing. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just 
I mean, Trap All Day had mm-hmm. an interview on Orlando, Florida. They were going crazy over Trap All Day. Right, right, right. So, yeah. A little bit of everything. I mean, one dude told me my time, too. Mm-hmm. One of my homeboys, um, Jimmy, told me he likes my time. So, mm-hmm. it's just a mix right. of um, different vibes that everybody feel about it. Right. I believe that, man. I believe that. Um, now, let's talk about the uh, competition that you're in, like, uh, shortly after uh, you were on my show. Oh, yeah. So, um, you... Actually, I, I can't remember how many people you said were, were part of the competition. Yeah. But you, bottom line, you came second place basically. Yeah. So like you're actually like one of the top guys in in the competition to say the least. Yeah. Um. So how did you feel about you know accepting that that you know <clears throat> placing within the competition? I felt good. I mean, twenty one people or twenty two people, mm-hmm. and they picked the top five again, and I was second this time around, and mm-hmm. I felt comfortable. Mm-hmm. I felt confident. Sorry, excuse me. That's I felt good. confident, mm-hmm. and I was like, yo, I'm ready. Like. Mm-hmm. You still, I still get the jitters every time I hit the stage. So, right. I was ready. Like mm-hmm. I was prepared. I went up there and I did my thing. Mm-hmm. And then they said the top five, and I was like, "Shit!" Right. I told him. I told the dude too mm-hmm. on some real braggadocious shit. Yeah, that's my word. People might be like, "What the fuck is that?" Mm-hmm. That's my word on some braggadocious shit. When I I went there, I seen Danny. He was like, "Yo, hold on, I know who you are, Jay Good. I know you." And I'm yeah, like, yeah. "Yeah," and I said, "Yo, Danny, I'm back." But listen. I'm coming for that top spot right. or number two. Mm-hmm. I'm only settling for two. I don't know if I jinx myself. But yeah, I told him, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean. I right, might have right. jinxed myself. I right. said, I'm coming for top two, like yeah, top tier. I I'm not coming for no less. Like right. I'm not playing no games tonight. Mm-hmm. Like I'm in my bag tonight. And he started laughing. He's like, all right, I'm gonna check you out and see what's good. Because mm-hmm. you remember from the last one when I came top five, fifth actually for the last one mm-hmm. and this time i said yo i want first or second i came in second so mm-hmm. i was happy about it what would you say is your favorite record on the album right now just like your personal favorite um damn my personal favorite probably would be came from nothing okay because i'm switching up the flow on it yeah yeah no you definitely switch it out yeah because yeah, yeah. one of my boys is like finally and i'm like finally what he's yeah, like yeah. yo finally you're switching the flow man mm-hmm I'm like, boy, I feel like I always switch the flow. <laughs> so I was like, all right. Shout out to Smurf. I was like, right. I, I guess, right. you it, know, I'm doing something right. It was definitely the more, the most, like, unique flow that you had on the entire album. Because I remember we played that. We played that record when you were here. We played it even before you guys got here just now, actually. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I listened to that record. I listened to the rest of the records on, on the album. I'm like, yeah. yeah, this one stands out from the rest as far as, like, the flow and delivery is concerned. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's more like today, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to dab on that one, and mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like that, that that one was good. That was a good one. Right, right. For sure, for sure. Now, let's talk about just more, like, let's talk about hip-hop on a broader perspective now. Yeah. Um, Like, I'm always noticing, like, a lot of artists want to talk about, you know, my album's a classic, my album's a classic, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And I feel like <clears throat> in this day and age, let's say, like, this decade, so from 2010 up until now, we, like... I would say, as far as critics go, they haven't really anointed too many albums as being classic, basically. Right, right, um, right. So who, in your opinion, between 2010 up until now, has had a classic album? Um, YG's album's a classic album. His first one, okay. My Crazy Life. Okay. Crazy. A lot of people might think it's just gangbanging, but it's like reality of um life itself. Right. And it was very diverse, very different. Right. Like, it wasn't what you normally expect. Because mm-hmm. I thought I was going to get that, too. And I was like, wow, YG could actually make good songs. Right. Um, Who else? I really like Fab shit. When Fab did the, um, the, the, the series, um, 
damn, what was the series called again? Which one, Soul Tape? Nah, um, the newer one. Oh my god, I can't even remember it. But he had a series of of mixtapes. I can't believe I can't remember this, <laughs> the series right now. Right. But he had a series of mixtapes, and I feel like was it Summertime Madness? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Or Summertime Shootout, something like that. But um, I feel like that was a classic. Okay. Even though it wasn't an actual album, album right. it felt like one. Okay. Um, who else came out that I like from 2010 all the way to now? That I feel like had a classic. Jay, I, I yeah, the four four. I I like that one. Okay, okay. I would say for me, I'm only thinking about artists that that came out between 2010 to up, up until now. That that's where I'm, I'm kind of going about it, just as far as okay. this current generation, so to speak. So for me, I would say the only one who I could see has put out a classic or even like a debatable classic would be Kendrick Lamar. In Which my album, the new one? I'm thinking that might. I I won't. I don't want to jump the gun and say that's a classic right now. Okay. But I feel like that will be like in very short time though, just because he he kind of bridged the gap between his sound and the mainstream sound, etc. Um, but I would say as far as Good Kid, Mad City, like that's a yeah, definite that, classic. That came out in 2010. That came out 2012. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a classic. Yeah, for sure. that that's a classic for sure. For that's sure. undeniable. For sure, for sure. I would say Section Eighty, his uh, official first album. Yeah, yeah, that, that was good. one. I would say that's more of a cult classic. Yeah, like, that one is more towards his gear fan, is a is target fan base, so to speak. So yeah. It's more of like a cult classic, if anything. Um, to Pepper Butterfly, that's a debatable classic amongst fans because some people are like, yeah, I really like it, but then other people are like, nah, nah, it's too preachy. So I feel like yeah. that one is going to take time before yeah, the I don't, general consensus yeah. is going to Yeah, gonna I don't feel it. like that one was a classic either. I feel like that was dope too. Right. But I don't feel like it was like um, Good Kid, Mad City. That one was reckless. Right, right. I, it, it, it might take time. I, I, I love it a lot, but yeah. that one's going to take time for the general public to say so. Um, but yeah, man, nah, I think that's probably the only classic album, in my opinion, that's come out between... 2010 up until now, as far as like artists who came out from 2010 what about, until um, now. J. Cole's um, Forest Hill Drive. That was crazy. That was a good album. I don't know Ooh. if I put a classic though. That, I don't know. If, I think that's probably his most. That was uh, hard. I feel like that's the hardest Cole album I've heard. It, arguably, it's arguable. Yeah, I would say it's between that one and Born Sinner. I think, I think this one's a bit more, more, more. He showed more vulnerability in, in this one. I would say. Yeah. I would say so, and like I just felt like he kind of connected more with this. With his uh, artistry in that sense, yeah, that one, that one's dope. Yeah, man. that that was Ooh. good. That was good. I really like that one. But yeah, man, I think though, like, I think just Kendrick is probably like, the only artist who has put out a classic. Yeah. And then on the mixtape side, like, I don't really want to put mixtapes in the conversation just because they they don't have as much uh, much power as albums, so, so to speak. Yeah. But if I had to comment on a mixtape or just a series of mixtapes, I'd have to go a big crit from like. His first one all the way to his fourth one. Like he's like the one artist I could say that his mixtapes are definitely better than his albums. Not to say that his albums are bad, but like his mixtapes, they he's got dope, you, they make you feel a he's certain dope. kind of way, man. Yeah, like he's, dope. he's one of the only few like southern artists I actually like respect. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? He's not just about like the trap, trap, trap. Like he gives you food for thought as well. Yeah, he's dope. Now, let me ask you something, because this has always been like a topic of conversation as far as like classic albums and what have you. Yeah. With you know, the mantle that Drake has been put on over the years and what have you. I mean, let's just call it for what it is. He's probably like the most popular rapper of yeah, this yeah. current decade. Yeah, he I, is, I don't he think is. anyone can disagree with that. Yeah, he is. Do you feel like, A, does he have a classic right now? And B, if not, should he have had a classic by now? Uh, The first, what's the first album? 
Uh, thank me later. Thank me later. I think I felt that one was dope. Okay, that was hard. Um, the newest, newest one. I never heard it, so I can't really. Right. Are we talking more life or are we talking uh, views? Because more life came out earlier this year. That was the quote unquote more life. Players. I didn't hear more life. Okay, views. I heard a little bit. Okay, but um, the first one was 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 the one for me. Okay, me personally, right, I right, feel right. like that one was a classic. Okay. Because a lot of people, a lot of people like the general consensus is that "Take Care" is like his best album. Not necessarily that one was dope too, though. Yeah, that but, one. Yeah, mm. that one's pretty dope too, though. Right, and I think I think with Drake, I think by now, if not having a classic album, he should have had maybe like an album that kind of defines him in a sense. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. like there may not be an artist that may have a classic, but there's an album that defines it. Like Lil Wayne, for example, mm-hmm. Carter Three. I don't consider it a classic, but that's his most definitive album. Like that was the album that put him into superstardom, and it's probably like his most creative effort thus far. With Drake, I don't feel like he has that because I like, I feel like most of his albums kind of sound similar in terms of the concepts. Like yeah. I broke up with this girl. Damn. Um, I'm, I have, a, I have a, I'm having issues with my mom right now. Yeah. Um, Miami national anthems, like they kind of feel very generic in terms of the subject matter. Yeah. I think if anything, the sound changes. Like he'll go from the forty sound to the trap sound to the more Caribbean Afrobeat sound. Like, so like he he changes it up. I give him credit for that. Yeah. But I feel like I'm getting the same burger, but in a different rapper half the time. Basically, <laughs> yeah. you know, not not to sound like a dick, but like, nah, but it's true because though. like because Drake has shown promise over the years. Yeah, I feel like he should have been elevated to that next level, to that next stratosphere right now. So for me, like, I listen to Drake as like I would a pop artist, and and I mean no disrespect when I say that because that's essentially what he is now. Yeah, but for me, like, I don't expect him to kind of outdo himself in terms of like content and subject matter because his thing is sound. And and delivery, not necessarily concepts. Yeah, no, I feel you 100%. Like, mm-hmm. it's almost like he's running out of shit to say almost, where it's like he's kind of going along with whatever is the wave right now, whatever is mm-hmm. popping right now. And I like that you said that because... You know what I mean? No, I, I, I definitely know what you mean. I like that you said that because when he first started off, he was the one creating the wave. Yeah. Like, he got rappers to sing on their hooks and everything. Yeah. He got everyone, like, everyone in their mob to sound like they're rapping over 40 production or whatever. Yeah. But now he kind of just sounds like he's just riding the current wave. Yeah, like, and because he's Drake, it'll sound a bit more authentic, so to speak, when it's yeah. coming for him. I just feel like because that he's been so creative in the past, I feel like he just needs to re-inject himself with some creativity once again. Yeah, like, like he jumped on a other couple people beats and he like out rap them and sound better, right? Than the people on the the actual songs. Mm-hmm. So Drake's a little bully in a way right, when right, it right. comes to like. Rap in a, in a sense, like mm-hmm. if he if he sees like a certain swag, he might jump on it, <coughs> right, and right, then facilitate it better than the actual rapper, which kind of sucks for the guy, right, that did the song or came right. out with the flow or whatever. Mm-hmm. And some people could argue, you know, that's innovation, basically just taking what someone already has yeah. and kind of recreating it in like your, in your own sense, which is cool. Yeah, but because of his magnetic drawing power and mm-hmm. like what he can dictate, yeah. I feel like he can do more. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. Like, like instead of giving the jab, just go for the haymaker if you know you can finish the job. Is, yeah, is basically what I'm saying. But going, but based off of that though, like as an artist, do you feel like it's important for you to challenge yourself to do better than, than your next project? Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Because like when I did Clearview, I wanted to make sure it shits on the tinted windows one that, <laughs> right, was, right. that was my goal yeah and when i do clear view part two mm-hmm. i want this shit on part one right so you gotta you know you gotta go on the drawing board and go through some th- go through some things mm-hmm. so you can reassure like what you got going on and what you want to say mm-hmm. 
So I feel like Drake is just running out of shit to say. Right. Like, that's just how I personally feel. Right, I'm not right. throwing no shade saying, yo, Drake's not a good artist. Yeah. He is. But I feel like he's just, <clears throat> like, depends. You know what? Personally, what I feel like he needs to do is, I feel like he needs to take time off. Take maybe, like, a year or two off. Yeah. Maybe even, like, reinvent yourself to a certain extent. Like, right, right, stick right. to your core values, but add a little something to your game maybe. Yeah. Because I feel like he's been putting out too much music for the last few years. Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, I would say since 2013, let's say. 2013, he came out with Nothing Was The Same. Yeah. And then I think it was 2014, he came out with If You're Reading This Is Too Late. It was either 2014, like, early 2015. It was one of those two. Oh, yeah. And then... He, 2015 or 2016, he put out views, and then this year he put out more life. I just feel like he needs to slow down a little bit, you know, take like yeah. a, take the extra year off, and then just kind of like gal- like regalvanize and see what else is out yeah, there. Yeah, sometimes that's good. Yeah, you you might have a good point. Yeah, because look at what Kendrick did. Kendrick he put out Good Kid, Mad City 2012, put out To Pimp a Butterfly 2015, mm-hmm. and then put out Damn this year. Like yeah. he gave himself two to three years, roughly, yeah. to kind of like breathe a little bit. You know what I mean? And even in between time, he put out the uh, the untitled Unmastered, which yeah. is like just you know random songs that didn't make the cut or whatever. It's kind of like his version of the Lost Tapes or whatever. Yeah. So I feel like he just needs to kind of take some time to like re-energize, refocus, and then just come up with some fire. And I think he could definitely do that. Yeah. Because Kendrick Kendrick's a savage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like he's, no question. He's an animal. And now Kendrick is at the point where he's commercial. <laughs> like he's mainstream, yeah. but Kendrick. he has his own authentic sound. So yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go back home and think about getting in the ring with Kendrick. Right. Kendrick's right. a serious dude. Like and, you know, just from like a rap battle fact, you know, fan in general. Yeah. I would love to see like a lyrical battle go between those two, man. Who, I would love Drake and Kendrick. Yes. I feel like and I know people are, <laughs> are, are you going, serious? I, I'm dead I'm dead serious. Yo. I feel like people are gonna blast me when I say. Yeah, they are, but I don't. Including me, I don't. I don't give a damn. But I feel like, in terms of the stature that they have in this okay, current generation, okay, okay. yeah, this could be this generation's Jay Z versus Nas if you think about it. Because yeah. you think about the kind of weight that these guys hold, yeah, 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 very similar to what Jay Z and Nas held back yeah, in those days. Mind you, their issue was way different, but nonetheless, I feel like it would be of that caliber, but just for this generation. Because in terms of this generation, in terms of decade, yeah, we haven't really had a credible, you know, battle of the bars. They're scared, bro. Yeah, it is. Like, everyone doesn't want to ruin like Kendrick, their, their networking relationships. Even when whatever. Kendrick was ready to go to war, like, mm-hmm. other than maybe J. Cole, maybe. Yeah. Nobody was really saying anything. Like, right. Nobody really wanted it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, everybody was on edge, like, nah, I don't want that. I don't want those problems. Right, right, right. Exactly. But nonetheless, man, we're going to keep it moving, man. We're going to play uh, Cool or Uncool because you already know how this goes, man. Oh, yeah. So, on it. that note, let's do this. There we go, there we go. We got that track playing in the background right now. And, you know, just to refresh the uh, the audience listening at home, here's how the game works. So I got my man Jay Good in the building. He's our guest for the evening. Thanks. And what he is going to do is he's going to tell me if the following topics I'm about to throw out to him are cool or uncool. So it's a little bit of rapid fire, but then he also gives some context into uh, what he's looking to do. Uh, so on that note, let's get to it. So the first topic on the on the deck... It's going to be NBA related, actually. So, you know, we have to get into this, man. So, let's talk about this real quick, man. Um, first of all, the NBA being back. Cool, oh, cool. that's cool. That's really that, cool. Of course. I think. That's so cool. Of course, of course. So cool. <laughs> right? No more no more uh, waiting around for the season to begin. Um, how about 
Melo's debut with the Thunder. Oh my God! <laughs> Let's get the jacket yeah. off. Let's talk about it. So I'm gonna guess that's cool. The coolest. <laughs> the coolest. Oh man. See, this is why I've been saying for like, at least like two or three years, give or take. Now, I've been saying that Melo, if he really wants to win a title or at least have a shot at it. He has to be at least a second or third option on the team. Ah. If that is the case, then a title contention opportunity is very possible. What, what, what did you like from Melo yesterday? Um, I like that he just let the game come to him yesterday. Right, right. Fair enough. Like, I like a couple of shots was forced. That kind of pissed me off a little bit, mm-hmm. but <laughs> still my guy. Right, right. I said, Melo, mm-hmm. chill. Uh-huh. Let's not do this. Right. It's Oklahoma right now. Right. It's not New York. Right. So... Let's tone it down, man. He, he played good, man. He played real good. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, let's see here. Lonzo Ball, cool or uncool? <laughs> <laughs> uncool. Uncool. Nah, set me. Uncool. Really? Yeah. So uncool. is he uncool or is his dad uncool? I mean, both of them. Oh, because shit. Because you, okay. you, you, you're part of that fam, um, family, fan base, family tree, whatever you want to call it. Uh-huh. Both of them could get it. Oh, wow. End of the day. Uh-huh. NBA and rap is the same. If you get in the ring, you're going to get dealt with. The boy got roughed up by who? Patrick Beverly? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait till Russell catch you, boy. Oh, man. There's no love out here for Lonzo nah. Ball. All right, let's keep it moving. Ooh, okay. The Gordon Hayward injury. Cool or uh, uncool? That's, that's uncool. For that's sure. unfortunate. Right. I mean, yikes. I mean, that's let's talk about that real quick. I mean,. I, I saw the updates on my phone, but I was at work at the time, so I didn't get to see it until after the fact. Yeah. And when I did see it, yeah, it was, I, I was watching the game. It was, it was, it was messed up. Like, yeah. First five minutes in the game. Yeah. Boom. I could tell by people's faces. First, I thought he broke. Broke the whole thing. Like, right. the way people was acting. Yeah. Then when I seen the, leg, the um, ankle, I was like, holy yeah. shit. I, I think the scary thing about it is that you could actually hear it. Yeah. You're actually able to yeah. hear it. Like, if, you, if you catch the replay, yeah. you're actually able to hear it snap or pop yeah, or whatever. that's what I'm saying. It was just, and like just the reactions on the players as well. Like that Cleveland bench, they cleared the bench because yeah. of how gruesome it was. Yeah. You saw Dwayne Wade just go to his knees and just say a prayer. That's like, what I was going to say. That's pretty dope. You know, like, like, yo, man, like shout out to Wade. Like he got on his knees and said a prayer for him. Like that, that's dope. Right, right. I just love the fact that like uh, not only him, but LeBron and some of the, the Cavs, they went to him while yeah, he was yeah, a stretcher, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, gave him his well wishes yeah. and everything. Uh, every like every player on Twitter just kind of giving out their well wishes yep. as well. Yep. I, I just I respect that because at the end of the day, yeah, they're they're competitors, but they have a camaraderie and respect for yeah, each other. Exactly. To get to that point at the highest level, it's not expected of you. And then yeah. when you finally break through that glass ceiling, then like you almost feel like there's a brotherhood with yeah, the guys. True. I respect that. Even DeRozan took up for him. You see what he said to um, Skip Bailey? Yeah, I seen that. I seen that. You went Compton on him still. He's <laughs> like, yo, you a clown for that, son. I was like, oh, okay, DeRozan. Shit. All right. Took a man repping the Canadian squad to say that. I respect that. Yeah. <laughs> now, based on that, the Celtics, and this will be the last one, yeah. the Celtics' chances of gaining a top four seed in the Eastern Conference this year. Cool or uncool? I think it's cool. I think it's possible. You think it's still possible? Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. I think they could do it. Right. Who's over there? So you got, you got Washington, you got Toronto, and then the Bucks. The, yeah, yeah. You don't want to sleep on the Bucks. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Four or five. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to, I mean, it's going to be a battle. It will. It will. Because I say, sure. like, Cleveland will be one. Mm-hmm. Um. Damn. Two, I don't know. Right. Washington, maybe. I don't know. Right, right. 
I mean, obviously Toronto's up there, even though I hate you guys. Yeah, <laughs> you, guys, you guys are up there. <laughs> um, Milwaukee's definitely up there. Right. So yeah, I mean, tit for tat. Right, right, right. All right then. All right. So let's get to the next game then. Let's let's go with uh, I quit the game. You already know how this goes, man. Oh, yeah. Where that where that drop at? <laughs> there we go. Every second, every minute, man. I swear that she can get it. All right. Now, as I adjust this uh, camera real quick, uh, you are an eligible bachelor. You know, you're yep. wheeling, dealing, kiss stealing, jet flying, all that good stuff. Woo! But there comes a point in time where you must quit the game, and you know, with that. You got to have the white picket fence. You got to have, uh, you know, the apple pie cool on the windowsill, Spud McKenzie looking dog, all that good stuff. Right, right, right. So if you had to quit the game, one of these two ladies that I have handpicked for you. Okay. Who would it be? And we're going to call this the uh, the Instagram edition. <laughs> all right. So would you quit Hopefully the game? Hopefully I know who these girls are. Right. Would you quit the game for Cardi B? Oh, God. Or would you, <laughs> or you say, oh, God. <laughs> or would you quit the game for Amber Rose. <laughs> Come on, B. Are you serious? <laughs> I call it the Instagram edition for a reason. Damn. Really? It's like pick your poison at this point. I know. I don't know, man. I mean, damn. Really? This is what we do it? <laughs> this is what we do it. I guess. I have to swerve on you with this one. I have to swerve yeah, on you with I, this one. I guess I'll I guess I'll go with Cardi. Yeah, I'll go with Cardi. You yeah. wanna go Cardi? Okay, yeah. okay. Why why Cardi? I'm curious. <laughs> To be honest, I don't really. It's, it's kind of tough for both, right? But I, I think Cardi got that that little edge. Okay, she'll 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 put me in check if I get out of line. Right, right, right. So I would, I would, I would yeah, I'd probably sway over there in that way. All right, fair enough, fair enough. I I, I can respect that. I mean, you didn't really have much of a choice, so yeah, you know, like, really. Like, <laughs> I thought you were gonna give me something. I know, know, I know, and I, I normally I like to do that, of course, but yeah. like every now and again, I want to throw in a curveball. Plus, you play this game like twice now, right? Yeah. So, like you know, <laughs> you're due for that curveball, man. Yeah. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. But nonetheless, let's get into trip talk now, man. So you already know how trip talk goes. That's uh, three topics in eh, maybe three minutes each. We'll see how it goes. But nonetheless, yeah. it's definitely some stuff that definitely needs to be discussed. Mm -hmm. So on that note, on that note, let's get to it. So the first topic that we have is by way of Method Man. Now, Method Man, he's Ooh, been legend. making waves right now. Legend is definitely correct. Legend, he's bro. been making waves lately. The new Wu-Tang project just came out. The saga continues. That's the best I've heard him spit in a long time. Mm -hmm. um, also, he's on the new HBO series, The Deuce, yeah. uh, which has to do a lot with the uh, prostitution and uh, pornography industry that kind of took a boom in the 70s. Yeah. I haven't gotten to watch it yet, but I heard it's really good. Yeah. But he will be starring in another series very shortly. So he is the co-host of a new series called Drop the Mic, which is basically uh, a freestyle improv show. So very similar to like Wild and Out, how they okay, have okay, their okay. wild style. Yeah. And also the segment on the Late Late uh, Talk Show. I can't remember the name of the host of that one. Yeah. But basically that guy, he's also going to be a producer on the show. And basically it's going to be a show where... Two celebrities are going to have a rap battle with each other. So they put out the first uh, tr uh, trailer with uh, Anthony Anderson and Usher Raymond, basically. So it's going to be something along those lines. It's going to okay. be a lot of freestyle <laughs> rap comedy and what have you. Yeah. So based on all that, Goody, mm -hmm. w like, what's your thoughts when you see a lot of these rappers cross over into the mainstream in, the, in their own unique way? I think it's dope. I mm -hmm. mean, I think there's more ways to get money. Mm -hmm. And if you see a bag mm -hmm. and another opportunity, why not? Right, right, right. And I like it because, you know, this fits Method Man. Because Method Man, whenever mm -hmm. he crosses over into, like, film or television, he always has the role of a comedian. And yeah. that kind of plays into his personality. Because yep. Method Man's a very funny guy. Like, yeah, he doesn't yeah, take he himself is. too seriously. He is. And, like, you know, he's put out 
you know, so many great things in, within the comedy realm, like How High with Red Man back yeah, in like yeah, 2001 dope, dope. was like a cult classic for yeah, the hip hop community. It was, basically. it was, it was. Uh, the Met the Red show that was on Fox, like back in like, yeah. the mid 2000s. Yeah. I feel like that show is like very forgotten about, but I still remember watching dope. that like every Wednesday night. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I definitely feel like this this fits uh, Meth because he gives the show credibility because of his background as a rapper, yep. of course. And then, of course, like he's been in the eye of the mainstream. I mean, even last year, he was um, he was in the Luke Cage series for like maybe like five minutes or whatever, mm. but still in the series nonetheless. So I think that's definitely a good look for him and, you know, anyone who's trying to, you know, kind of go crossover in between and what have you. Yeah. Even that freestyle when I see with Method Man, the new one. Yeah. I forgot the name of that song, him and, um, him and Red Man in the video, and he had the mic. In the street, oh my god! Ooh, I don't think I saw that actually. That's crazy, eh? Uh, what? <laughs> I'm like, yo, Method Man still can rap like this. He can still rap. Like, have you heard the saga continues? The new Wu Tang project? Nah, I heard it a couple of days ago. Actually, Meth got some fire on there. Oh like, my god! Like yo. he's been spinning some bars on there, man. <laughs> that boy can still rap. I remember one line he said, "Yo, I'm nutty with the bars. That's a payday." I'm like. Okay, Math, I see you. <laughs> I see you, Math, I see you. Yeah. But yeah, man, no, like, go listen to the album if you haven't. But yeah, I just love yeah, it when- I'm have to check that out. I just love it when rappers or people within the hip-hop community are able to cross over. Like, yeah. you look at someone like Donald Glover or Childish Gambino, rather, mm-hmm. crossing over into, like, so many different realms of, of, uh, of pop culture. Like, he- He's he, dope, too. I didn't even know he was that dope. Trust me, he's nice, man. I even know about him- My like, cousin loves him. My homeboy loves yeah. him. Yeah. I just feel like, with him in particular, like- he bridges that gap between like like He's the dope. nerd the nerd community and just the hip hop community in yeah, general. Yeah, because you know my, I mean? my 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 cousin and my my homeboy they kind of like geeks on the low too. Like yeah, so they they you know they like try to put me on, and I seen him like I listen to this dude. Right, right, right. And then when I check him out, I'm like, yo, yeah. Charles Gambino can actually rap. Yeah, no, he's, he's dope. Well talented. I feel like if he really wanted to be a rapper full time, mm-hmm. he could be like. One of the top guys in the game easily. Yeah. The thing with Gambino is he's not just a rapper, he's just an artist overall. Yeah. Like every album, if you listen to every every single one of his albums, they don't sound the same. Oh yeah. His first album was kind of like an experimental rap album. Right. And then his second album was just experimental in general. It's him rapping, but it's just experimental in general. Yeah. His third album was an R and B album where he was just singing for a majority of it. Yeah. And then his latest album is a funk album. Like he put out a funk album. Wow. Like, who's putting out a funk album in 2017 Nobody. in the mainstream? You know what I mean? <laughs> Nobody. On top of that, he has Atlanta, that that, that hip-hop series. And then also, he's going to be playing the, um, uh, what's that guy's character? Um, uh, shoot. The Star Wars character. What's this guy's name, man? I have no uh, clue. Nah, it's going it's to it's come back to me after I'm done talking about this. <laughs> well, basically, he's going to be in, in a Star Wars prequel next year. Okay, so that's okay. huge. That's, that's huge. But anyways, I just love what Meth is doing. I just love the fact that yeah, artists man. are able to cross over to the mainstream. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, watch at home, listening at home. What do you guys think? What do you guys think about the rappers crossing over into the mainstream, doing other things outside of the music? Hit me up on Twitter and let me know what your thoughts are. Next topic we got to talk about, man. We got to talk about Nicki Minaj, okay? Now, normally I don't really like to talk about Nicki that much, but I think this one is kind of interesting because there's so much that's going that's going, you know, within the story right now. So basically, Nicki Minaj put up a post on Instagram and it seems as though she's trying to make amends with Lil Kim because if you remember, Lil Kim has had an issue with Nicki Minaj ever since this girl blew up yeah. talking about you haven't paid homage nah, 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 nah. even though Nicki has stated on at least two occasions that she has looked up as a little Kim as an idol of sorts. Yeah. So basically, this is how the story went. So essentially, what happened was Nikki gave her credit once again, basically stating how you know she 
wouldn't have been able to fill that gap in the later 2000s as far as prominent females within the mainstream goes yeah. if it weren't for the influence of Lil' Kim and Foxy Brown for their run of New York in the 90s. Yeah. And then she also gave credit to Missy Elliott and Queen Latifah, Trina, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So she gave her her props. Now, um, mind you, again, this was an Instagram post. And basically what happened was um, somebody posted a comment under that post basically talking about, oh, this is ironic coming from somebody who has a brother who's on trial for rape allegations. Oh, God. And if you remember, her brother is currently on trial for yeah. uh, not even rape allegations, but child molestation allegations. So that's yeah. a double whammy right there. <laughs> now, Yo, here is the shady funny. part right that's here. That's not even funny. Right? Oh, why am I laughing? So, <laughs> <laughs> so here's the crazy part right here. Yeah. Little Kim liked that comment that that person dropped. Oh God! In regards to that, whoa! Now, so that kind of goes to show that Little Kim isn't really out here to you know make peace or anything yeah. like that. But nonetheless, based on what I've just said, what are your thoughts on all of that? Little Kim is so petty, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's crazy. Um, damn. I mean, that. Oh, shit, I don't know what to say about that. I mean, uh-huh. you know, like that's a serious situation right there. Like, mm-hmm. especially like with the kids. Like, all jokes aside, that's not cool. Like, right? Allegedly, hopefully, that's what it is. But if it's really true, mm-hmm. dude is a scumbag. Like, right? You need for to sure. get beat up for that for sure. If it, it's true, mm-hmm. and if and I, I remember the first time I heard about it was earlier this year mm-hmm. when Nikki and Remy had beef. Yeah. And Remy said it in in the in the, the sheet. It's yeah. this, yeah. So when she said that, like I'm listening, and she said something about the child molestation, I was like, "Is this true?" And I researched it. I'm like, "Oh my god, it's true!" Oh my god, like it's crazy. But yeah, no, like obviously, like we hope that you know it's absolutely false because yeah. that is sick. Yeah. Um. Apparently, speaking of that, actually, I just read uh, earlier today that it could be a possible extortion job, basically. Uh, so whoever started that that you know story or whatever the case may be, like if it was fictional, yeah. appa- allegedly it's some sort of extortion job that they're trying to pull on Nikki, basically. Oh, wow. So I don't know if that's true or not. So that's what I'm saying, allegedly. So that yeah. could be the case. Uh, but on top of that, just going back to little Kim though, mm-hmm. I mean, that's so petty. Bitch, let it go. Like honestly, <laughs> man. Like honestly, like. <laughs> What did you think was going to happen when you came out being, like, all sexy, sexy and everything? Yeah. Not judging her for it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, she had to have known that sooner or later, yeah. somebody was going to take her blueprint mm-hmm. and then recreate it into their own. Yeah. And possibly be bigger. Exactly. And yeah. I understand if if you didn't get your shout out from said person, right. you'd feel a type of way. Mm-hmm. But Nikki shouted her out a bunch of she times did, in the did. past, even yeah. like before she became to like superstar Barbie status, or whatever yeah, you want to call it. She did. Like she has given her shouts multiple times. Yeah, so I don't know did. why Kim's on this thing where it's like, no, I'm still the head bitch in charge. What? Nah, 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 nah. What, what, what? What did Kim do to herself though? Like, yo, she's looking here, like a China doll. Like, what's going on with dog, her? Dog, she looks like a Korean, like a Korean store owner right now. Yeah, man. Like, on I don't Kensington even, Market. I swear, I seen I on Kensington. Don't, yo, if you look at her in 1994 Facts. and look at her right now, what did two? different well, people like you know what it reminds you of? remember that why you, would she do that you remember that girl remember that woman uh rachel dolezal the one who pretended to be black and how oh, they yeah, showed yeah, a picture yeah. of her <laughs> as her white self yeah and then they showed a picture of her like you know being like mixed or whatever yeah it's like a tale of two cities basically right there Crazy. little kim in 94 versus little kim right now yeah i don't know what she is she wasn't even ugly in 94 she like, was she looked good See, but you know, know what what's it is going on. you know what it is man it's this whole 
image consciousness thing, man. Like she saw how Biggie was into Faith Evans, and Faith Evans obviously a light skinned woman, or blonde hair, bone. whatever. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So she figured, oh, that's what Biggie likes. Okay, this is what I'm gonna do to myself. So that's Crazy. when the blonde wigs came in. That's when the bleaching came in, and then, like. She out here looking like Sammy Sosa, man. Like it's not a good look for her, man. I'm sorry, man. That, that's it, it is what it is. Lord, like she listened to the whole Vice Cartel soundtrack. Right, like, man. Like, she has a you, she has a lifetime edition of cake still provided by yeah. Dove. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with Kim with that little incy wincy nose she got. Oh man, it's I don't know, man. That don't it make just, no sense. It doesn't. It not at all, man. I I don't understand. I I'll never understand little Kim at this point. Disappointed, yo. I'm just surprised that someone actually procreated with her, man. Like, <laughs> I don't I'm want those problems. Very, but nonetheless, and, and crazy thing is, I'm not even I'm not even a Nicki Minaj fan. But yeah. like, I'm objective enough to like call a spade a spade at the end of the day, right? Right, so, right, right, right. Again, disappointed to say the least. What do you guys think, listening at home or watching at home? Hit me up on Twitter and let me know what your thoughts are. And final topic, and this one is a little controversial as well. This one comes by way of a producer, actually. So. Hottest, probably arguably the hottest producer in the game right now, Metro Boomin. Yeah, um, yeah. He has sure. made his feelings known about Atlantic Records, and he basically just went all out on Twitter, just blasting the record label. So this is what he said about Atlantic Records on Twitter, and I quote, PSA to producers everywhere, don't let Atlantic Records steal your soul. And so he continues on and basically says, I just got so much love for all the dope upcoming musicians and don't want to see you fall victim, so I'm letting you know. They basically just want to slave you and steal your music to make hits. These niggas got a whole textbook on how to put a hit together like it's a freaking math problem. I, to this day, find it hard to believe. Yeah. I let APG fly me to L.A. when I was 19. It was something I was, of course, excited about beforehand, but day by day I saw how full of shit they were. How is a motherfucker in the office working nine to five going to tell you how to make your beats or write your songs? Mm. I'm not against any major labels at all. Just let that be clear. APG is just evil. And then he just goes on and on and on. Like there is a ton of tweets that he basically had a field day with Twitter, essentially. Yeah. But he just went on and on about the tweets. Some rappers and some artists chimed in as well. But nonetheless, uh, what, what's your take on this? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Fuck them all. You, Fuck them all. You know what? This isn't the first time Atlantic has kind of been in the ringer with rappers, specifically, if you think about it. I remember when Lupe Fiasco was basically held hostage back in, like, 2009. Yeah, yeah, I remember that, too. When he tried to put out the Lasers album originally. Yeah. That album didn't get released until 2011. Yeah. And it was already ready in 2009, but they told him to shelf it yeah. because it wasn't poppy enough or commercial enough. Bullshit. Even though he already proved that he could sell, when yeah. The Cool came out, it did gold. I think it took maybe... It took less than a year for it to go gold, but it still went gold. Yeah. That's still a plaque in your office. Yeah. Uh the the single superstar was in the top was in the top forty. Yeah, that was so it's just like he, he has the ability to sell, but they would still want him to recreate his music. So Lasers came out, he kinda panned it saying it wasn't the album he wanted to do, but still went number one anyway. Yeah. And maybe that was because of the controversy that, that followed up with it. Who knows? But yeah, he has not had any pleasant issues, uh pleasant stories with Atlantic Records, and I think it kind of shows in this story as well because he's not the first and the only person to have those types of issues. So I feel like record labels these days, I think a lot of them are being exposed yeah. as far as what their intent is. Like, of course, you want to sell records and make money at the end of the yeah. day, but when it comes to A&R, like how to research your actual artists and know what their sound is like, yeah. I feel like they've lost touch of that, and they just want to play copycat and be like, oh, well, yeah. let's create the new Bodak Yellow record. Let's create the new... 
tippity top record. True. Let's create the new whatever, Facts. whatever's happening. Like they don't want to be authentic unless if it's maybe a subsidiary. Like let's say, let's say for example, if like Rock Nation was on Atlantic Records and Jay Z was the helm of it, yeah. then they would let just Jay Z do his own thing, basically. See, that's why I feel like with me personally. Interscope Records is one of the only few major record labels out there that I actually respect because mm-hmm. Jimmy Iovine is a visionary. Like, he doesn't want to just stick to the norm. He just wants to do what his artists feel comfortable with. And I'm not sure if you've ever seen that uh, documentary with him and Dr. Dre. I think it was called um, uh, The Defiant Ones, basically. It tells a story about how he let his artists do his own thing. So, like, he's, he, one of his first acts that he signed was uh, uh, the lead singer from uh, a band called Nine Inch Nails. And he basically said... I will get you out of your current record label mm-hmm. and out of me, like whatever you want me to do for you, I will do for you. So he said, okay, cool. If you're going to get me out of my current record deal, I want my own record label under Interscope. He's like, okay, done. What else? I want to sign my own artist under that deal. Okay, what else? I want to own my masters. Cool. So he lets artists do their own thing, which and that's how him and Dr. Dre linked up. Like He had never listened to hip-hop a day in his life, he admitted, but he listened to The Chronic, which hadn't been purchased by anyone. And he said, okay, well... Who wrote the lyrics? It's like, it, was, it was me and Snoop. Okay. Who did all the engineering? Like, who mixed and mastered everything? I did. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, shit. And you're not signed to a label right now? And he's like, no. not re-. Well, he was signed with, with Luther's Records at the time. But basically, he engineered a way to kind of get him out of that deal, and the rest is history, in, in a sense. So, yeah, just you know, to cut things short, whatever. I just feel like record labels need to do a better job of managing their artists and knowing what their strengths are and, and just bringing the strengths out of them. And just believing that they are going to sell what they intend to sell, yeah. essentially. And it's true. Mm-hmm. Like, record labels, a lot of them, they dickheads now. Like, mm-hmm. they want to, like what you said, reinsure you and try to tell you to copy this person, that person, this person. Mm-hmm. That's crazy because the independent game is killing them right it now. It is. The internet's <laughs> killing them. The internet is murdering them Yeah, right it's to the point where, like, you, so almost, like, you almost don't need nah. to be on a record label anymore. Just go nah. independent and just build up your internet following. And yep. that in itself will ensure that you either get a proper record deal yep. or you can just eat off your independent money and just Facts. and just keep it moving from there. Exactly. <laughs> like, Chance the Rapper has shown that. Macklemore has shown that. Drake basically showed it before he signed on to Young Money way back in 2009 yeah. because he was killing the game. He had a number one record, or sorry, it was a number two record, rather, without being on the major. But his affiliation with, with Lil Wayne helps. Yeah, yeah. But still, you know, on paper, he was still indie at the time. But nonetheless, uh, ladies and gentlemen, listening at home, what do y'all think? Hit me up on Twitter. You already know the deal. And let me know what your thoughts are. And finally, we got we to gotta talk about... Actually, no, that wasn't for the topic of that. So on that note, actually, uh, we're going to go old school right now. We're going old school for a Fast Back Friday track of the day. And because, like I mentioned, that this group just put on an album la- uh, last week, I figured let's go back into the crates and let's go back into a classic album known as Enter the 36 Chambers and let's play Bring the Ruckus. So, when we come back after these messages, we will be getting to that wanks of the week. This is Cool Radio. Yeah. You're listening to Maximum FM Hip Hop. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. It is your man, GM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. Oh, shit. I got my man, Jay Good, in the building. Goody. Good. Still here. Still alive, baby. Let's get it. You already know. And it's that time of the week, once again, where we have to give you our dishonorable mention, uh, which is the wanks of the week. So... On that note, <clears throat> let's get it. Who has been entered into the wall of shame this week? Who has been crowned the captain of coonery this week? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Wankster of the Week. Hey, you a wankster, and you need to stop 
I've been waiting for this since Monday, ladies and gentlemen. On that note, your wankster of the week goes none other to Waka Flocka. Now, Waka (laughs) is getting the wankster. Because apparently, he's not black anymore, ladies and gentlemen. In his words, he is not black. He's definitely not black. Now, you think I'm joking, right? You know, with him and his dreads and his wild tats and everything. And his brown skin, let's be honest. He is stating that he is not black. He's not African-American, all that stuff. However, I have a direct quote from him which was stated when he was on the uh, Sway in the Morning show. And this is what he said verbatim. And I quote, and I kid you not, I'm not African-American at all. My folks is not from Africa. A lot of people in this room's folks ain't from Africa. Might be a couple, but people just don't understand. I asked my grandma, yo, grandma, what's your background? Redfoot and blacktail Indian. I said, what? She said, yeah. My mother and my father, we 100% Indians. I asked my other grandmother, and we got Cherokee in us, an European, an Italian, a little Dominican. Now, before I break it down, I'm going to just play this little clip right here. I'm going to just play this. Why the fuck you lying? Wow. Why you always lying? <laughs> oh, my God. Stop fucking lying. <laughs> now that we got that out of the way, let's dissect this idiotic idiot statement that this man just made all right so the man just said his grandma is both of his grandmas are are uh native american apparently i don't know his grandmas i've never seen them but whatever sure we'll leave that out of the equation but then he says my mother and my father we 100 percent indians I don't know if you're 100% Indians. You might be a little bit, but not 100% based on what I'm seeing in your visuals right now. So we'll leave that to the side as well. But this guy said, we got Cherokee in us and European and Italian. Now, clearly this guy failed geography class because if he were smart, then he would realize that European and Italian are one and the same. That's like me saying, oh, I'm African and Nigerian. Yeah, no shit. Anyways, the final thing he says is this. The final thing he says is this, which is just, uh, this is what set me off the edge. He said this, and I quote, We got Cherokee in us and European and Italian, a little Dominican. Idiot. Dominicans have black in them as well. Like, racially speaking, ethnically speaking, they are black. Yeah. They're mixed with Latino as well, but they are black. Now, from a cultural standpoint, they are Latino. But when it comes to the ethnicity and the race and everything and the genetics, they're they're black. black. I mean, we can name a a ton of Dominicans right now. Fabulous Dominican. AZ Dominican. David Ortiz. Uh, Yeah, David Ortiz Dominican. Like, there are so many of them. Like, oh, God. The the, the, the idiocy is mind-boggling right now. Okay. I want I want people to get this straight. I feel like black people in America they have this complex about them where being black is like a stain, and I get it. Media perpetuates that on them on a daily basis. But at the end of the day, because you want to associate with an, with another crowd, don't fool yourself into thinking that you aren't what you are. 
Yes, you are black, but your culture is going to speak for itself in another instance. So let me let me say this, Waka Flocka, or Waka Flocka Flame, whatever you're calling yourself. Waka Flocka Lame, I'm going to call you from now oh, on. Oh, wow, really? Um, no, nah, I can't relax, bro. I can't. No, nah, fuck him. Um, I, th- <laughs> I think I know what he was trying to say, though. Like, well, All right, well, we'll get to that in a second, but let me just flame him real quick, though. All right, go ahead, go ahead. Let me ask you this. If you're not black anymore, if you're not black anymore, let's just say that you're not black. You know, let's say you're in the same realm as Raven Simone right now. You're not black anymore. If that's the case, are you going to cut them dreads off? Are you going to stop saying nigga every five seconds in your songs? <laughs> are you going to stop rapping? Like, are you going to stop doing everything that's indicatively black of you to prove that you're not black anymore? Because you can't be black. No, you can't say that you're not black, but then do black things all over again. Like, you can't be like the stereotypical white person who wants to be black, but then doesn't want to be black when shit gets real. So are you going to be one of those people who is black when it's convenient, but then takes off you know, the facade and everything when it gets inconvenient? What are you going to say to a police officer when they pull you over on the side for a broken taillight? Are you going to tell the police officer, oh, I'm not black. I'm, I'm a little bit of European and Italian. I'm sorry. Like, this is coming from the same guy who once said on national television that he wanted to study geometry if he were to get a university degree. Negro, you don't study geometry as a subject in university. That's basic math that you learn in elementary school. He's getting the wankster of the week. I've said enough. Waka Flocka Lame, you deserve this wankster. Of course you do. And with that, I will make sure that Dove sends you their own brand of bleach cream and soap for your whitewashing needs. Because you are getting the wankster right now, and I'm play that drop just like this. Idiot, idiot, idiot. Goody, please, your commentary. Uh, Waka, I don't agree with him. I, I'm, 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 I'm rooting for you, bro. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I don't think Waka wants to be white, though. Like, the way you said it is like, you know, like he's not happy to be black. I think Waka was just saying that don't define me as an African-American. I'm going by my roots, by my parents, parents, grandparents, however you want to call it. He was just basically saying, like, don't tell me that I'm a typical African-American because I ain't got African in his nationality or his culture, whatever you want to call it. I don't know him like that. So I don't really know like if he has African or not in him, but he definitely looks like he has some Dominican in him. Well, two things, two things. First of all, the great Sean Corey Carter once said, I'm not black, I'm OJ. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's one. Yeah. And two... Right. All black people originate from Africa at, of course, the, at the end of, course, of the day. Of course, that's like, a fact. But I think he's just going by probably what he saw or what he knows. Of course, because I know my roots. Right. Um, originally, I'm probably either Nigerian. Right. Ghanan. Mm-hmm. Congo. Mm-hmm. Like, one, one of those, like, originally my roots. But if you sure. ask me, like, yo, Goody, what's your nationality or what, mm-hmm. what you are, I'm going to tell you I'm Jamaican. Sure. And that's you fine. That's saying? perfectly fine. So... I think he's just going by that by saying like, yo, don't look at me like I'm African American because I don't have like African in me from what I know, my descent of what I know, my mom mm-hmm. or my grandparents or whatever. Like right. that's how I felt. I felt I didn't feel like, yo, when he said it like you were saying, like, yo, I'm not black, 
yo, I ain't black like that. Like I ain't no, I ain't no nigga. Da da da. Woo, woo, you know what I mean? Like Waka's as ignorant as it gets. He's yeah, black I, as ever. Yeah, like so he kind of defines a nigga if you think about it. Right, like. right. And so I don't think like yo, he meant no malice to it. I think just the way how he said it and it came out, it just was wrong. And then. People start attacking him on the internet and stuff like that. Well, here's the thing, man. Like, if you don't have the facts to back up your claims, don't mm-hmm. say anything at all, right? Because mm-hmm. you may as well be a news pundit on Fox News for all that, for, for whatever that that's worth. Right. Now, in regards to him not being African-American or whatever, or claiming not to be African-American, like, if you don't want to claim you're African, fine. I get that. I understand. Right. But don't, don't deny your blackness. Because at the end of the day, he said in that quote, I'm yeah, not I black. See, I'm yeah, not. But, I but see. visually speaking, from an mm-hmm. aesthetic standpoint, he is black. Like, there's of no mistake he's black. in that. Like, Especially if you're stating you're Dominican. Yeah. But from like an ethnic standpoint, if right. you want to say, yo, I got Cherokee and me or whatever, that's mm-hmm. fine. But at the end of the day, I feel like a lot of black people in America in particular, right. they say certain things to exoticize, exoticize themselves to make it seem like you're, they're not their, you're not, you're not, they're not their uh, ordinary type of black person, so to speak. Because mm-hmm. to be black in America is to be at the bottom of the totem pole is what the mainstream media kind of makes you feel like in a sense. So I feel like he doesn't want to feel like that, so he yeah. does it by lashing out against people who look like him. And he has to think of it like this. Like, he is alienating a large part of his fan base by saying that he's not black. Yeah. Like, something like that will make somebody not buy their music anymore. It's like, yeah. oh, okay, so you're not black, but you're out here screaming out nigga, nigga, nigga. Yeah. So what gives you the right to say that but then claim that you're not black altogether? That's where I'm coming at. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's kind of selling himself out just to appease whatever audience or whatever the case may be. Yeah, because, like, I seen um, him put a post on Instagram, and he was like, yo, what I said was, like, way over your heads. I didn't mean it like that. Of course I'm black. Like, at the end of it, like like I said, like, I understood what he was saying, mm-hmm. but I just felt like the way it came out was just the wrong way. Mm-hmm. It was just all over the place, where it's like he's going by his mom, mom, or his dad, dad, mm-hmm. or his grandparents. Like, he's not going deep, deep, deep into his roots. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I felt like he was going by. Because mm-hmm. just like down here, like, you know, I, I hear you when you say, like, in America, it's like that. Mm-hmm. But it's here, too, where black people mm-hmm. are scared to be black down here. Mm-hmm. It's just that we hide it. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to say that. Like, I'm going to be real. Like, mm-hmm. America is probably more worse, of course. Yeah, yeah. Because it's America. But at the same time, it's America's more exposed. Mm-hmm. Down here, you can't tell me you never ran into some black people that, that, that act like they're super duper white or want to be white. I have mm-hmm. and seen it, right. or if they feel like, especially me, mm-hmm. I'm 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 too black. You mm-hmm. know what I mean to be on their hand. And then when I have a conversation with them, they're like, "Oh shit, nigga, mm-hmm. talk like that." I know, right? It's like he oh, actually you're he actually got well something spoken. to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he got something to say. He right, know how to articulate right. himself. So yeah. you know what I mean. Like I feel like the boy said it the wrong. It came out the wrong way. I understood mm-hmm. what he was saying, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I felt like, damn, walk. Like, the way it came out, they're going to come for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I know you're not hearing that. You're not feeling that. Yeah. But I feel like he's just going by his parents. Like, because out here, if, if not me, mm-hmm. but somebody else, if someone said to somebody that's, like, Jamaican descent, mm-hmm. you're African, they'll get mad. Mm-hmm. That's true. I've heard <laughs> you know that what I mean? Before. They'll be like, I've heard that before. I know, yeah. yo, 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 yeah. I ain't no African. Yeah. I know damn African. Yeah. I'm Jamaican, yeah. B. Yeah. I'm Jamaican. Don't call me no African, yeah. bro. The Jamaican pride comes out big time. It's like, Same thing you tell an African yeah. person. Like, you know, you kind of Jamaican. You got you got Afrobeats kind of like reggae similar in a sense. Don't right. get mad. Yo, I'm African. Right, right. No, it's happening. Like, 
like people have to come up to me and be like, "Yo, oh, so you're you're Jamaican, right?" I'm just like, "Nah, man, I'm, I'm from Ghana, Nigeria." Like, I mean, Jamaica's not the only place where black people come from, believe it or not. Yeah, you know what think, I mean? They think Jamaica's the only island yeah. in the Caribbean. Yeah. It's so like, I kind of feel bad for people that I don't feel bad for them, but it's just like I feel bad for them in a sense where it's like, damn, dog. Like, mm-hmm. if someone's from like Grenada, Trinidad, yeah, uh, Barbados, yeah, yeah, like, like. The Bahamas or something, Virgin yeah. Islands or something. It's like, oh, you're Jamaican. It's like, nah, nah, nigga, I'm from Trinidad. Yeah. Oh, word. Yeah. Where's that? Where's that? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I know, right? It's like, yo, like it everything. Hits on Irie, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bubba Clyde. <laughs> oh man, you just kind of shake your head. I'm like, oh god. Yeah. <laughs> like you feel embarrassed for them, not for yeah. yourself. <laughs> and then like Africa. Yeah. Like my girl, she's Somali. Right. Right. If 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 you say like oh you're African yeah yeah where are you from oh I'm Ethiopian or I'm Somalian yeah. Eritrean no you're not that's not African you're not from Nigeria I, I've heard I've heard that before yeah like what the fuck does that mean ignorant. like if you're within the continent you're African exactly like I've heard people like even like especially with the northern with the northern countries in Africa like Egypt and Tunisia and oh, like gosh. Libya whatever yeah it's like they're African but like either when some people say that like. Like, let's say a Libyan person says they're, they're yeah. from Africa, they say from Libya. Mm-hmm. I accept them. Like, okay, that's geographically correct. They are African. Yeah, they are. But there's some people like, oh, no, that's not real African. Da, 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 da. Exactly. Or there, there are even some people from, like, let's say Libya, for example, yeah. who will deny the claim of being African. It's like, no, I'm You're this. right. I'm just You're like, right. You're so right. it goes both ways, basically, which is it's a sad crazy. thing. Yeah, man. But anything, anyway, you know, we'll, we'll kind of agree to disagree on that. But nonetheless, it's good dialogue either yeah. way. Uh, but nonetheless, that brings us to a close on tonight's episode. So, uh, Goody, thank you for coming through. Always. Um, all day, you're welcome to come through anytime. You already well, know already. that. Open door policy. Um, and then next week, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we don't have a guest schedule, but we may have that change, but uh, we'll keep you up to date on that. Before we go, uh, Goody, the, the album's out now on iTunes. and I'm out on iTunes right now, Clearview, Spotify, iTunes, mm-hmm. Google Play, all of the um, social media networks. Just put in J-G-O-O-D, Clearview, right. and you're going to find me. All right, that's what's up, man. And once again, thank you for coming through. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for tuning in. I know we kind of went into a little overtime edition, but nonetheless, (laughs) it means that the dialogue was just that fresh. Uh, But yeah, y'all can hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio. Find us on SoundCloud at cool underscore radio. Find us on Instagram at coolradiocc, as well as Facebook with that same handle and YouTube with that same handle. And uh, as you already know, Cool Radio is a division of Cool Click Media and Entertainment, reminding you each and every day that we are creating our own legacies. Keep it gravy and wavy. We are out of here. Peace. Ah. Cool.